The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Fed Governor Michelle Bowman saying that more rate hikes may be needed to fully restore price stability. She said inflation is significantly above the Fed's 2% target and the job market is tight. Bowman also thinks that future moves will depend on incoming data. I'll be looking for, for evidence that inflation is on a consistent and meaningful downward path as I consider whether further increases in the federal funds rate will be needed and how long the federal funds rate will, be, uh, will need to remain at a sufficiently restrictive level. In the meantime, New York Fed President John Williams said that he sees restrictive policy for some period of time. But he also said that rate cuts may be warranted next year if inflation slows. After the Bell Palantir Technologies raised its annual forecast for adjusted profit in 2023, and the company also authorized a billion-dollar stock buyback. We have the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It is citing what it calls transformative traction for its artificial intelligence technology. CEO Alex Karp told Bloomberg, quote, we have a good chance of becoming the most important software company in the world. He says demand is unprecedented for Palantir's AI. The Denver-based software company said it expects to earn more than $576 million in adjusted income from operations on over $2.21 billion in revenue during 2023. In New York, Charlie Pellet Bloomberg, Daybreak Asia. Tesla CFO Zachary Kirkcorn is stepping down from his duties in a surprise shakeup at the company. He worked at Tesla for 13 years. The story from Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow. He will stay on for the rest of the year to help with the transition. Zach Kirkhorn has been at the heart of everything that's been good for Tesla, frankly, in the last four years as CFO since being named in 2019. He was a rookie then, an unknown quantity. But what he's done is, is basically brought regular profit to Tesla, done smart capital raises, and every investor and analyst I've spoken to has been a big fan of his in that time. Kirkhorn was considered a top contender to succeed Elon Musk as CEO, and his departure renews uncertainties over the leadership at Tesla. Chief Accounting Officer Vajhav Taneja will now take on the CFO role in addition to his current duties. Tesla stock traded down about 1% today on an otherwise up day for stocks on Wall Street. Well, the German government is expecting TSMC to approve the construction of a big chip plant in Dresden as soon as today. The story from Bloomberg's Joanne Wong in Hong Kong. 
The $11 billion plant will specialize in making chips for the automotive sector. The German government will provide more than $5 billion worth of subsidies for the plant. Governments around the world are competing fiercely to attract chip companies to their shores. And Germany has emerged as one of the most aggressive on that front. Another semiconductor firm, Intel, is set to receive about $11 billion in subsidies from the German government for its own plant in the country. In Hong Kong, I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. And new foreign investment in China has fallen to the lowest level in some 25 years. Bloomberg's Bonnie Ao with the story from Hong Kong. A key gauge of foreign direct investment to China slumped 87% in the second quarter from last year. The data was released by China's State Administration and Foreign Exchange. It shows inbound and outbound FDI as well as net foreign investment are all down. Foreign companies are losing confidence due to China's waning economic recovery and testy geopolitical tensions. Top officials have tried to strike a more favorable tone for foreign companies in recent months, but it remains to be seen how effective this will be in turning the tide. In Hong Kong, I'm Bonnie L. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Doug, these numbers were pretty shocking on uh, net foreign investment, uh, because if you look at it, uh, not only was net foreign direct investment down, inbound FBI, FDI was down. And if you didn't have outbound FDI down as much as it was, then it would look even worse uh, and still the lowest in 25 years. So I think if you put that together with the other story that we did out of Hong Kong today about TSMC, you know, setting up this plant in Dresden, the reshoring move is definitely on companies' minds. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that, Brian. And in that story on FDI, uh, the Bloomberg uh, reporters quote the China economist over at Sock Chen, Michelle Lam, who is a guest on our program frequently. And she was uh, calling this uh, trend kind of alarming, which then takes us to the trade data that we're expecting later today. Bloomberg Economics is expecting uh, exports to shrink at a faster pace. A lot of the weakness globally is probably the big reason why. And weak consumption domestically probably also caused imports to continue to contract. So there is a deflationary story now in China. Yeah, that that data will be interesting today, and then also looking at the uh, at the prices data that we'll be getting tomorrow. I wanted to mention as well. You talked about yields there, the two year and the ten year yield. We've got less inversion of the yield curve, sometimes referred to as steepening. I guess uh, at the moment, just sixty eight basis points between twos and tens, and uh, you know it's been moving in that direction. It's not necessarily a good sign for stocks. However, I think most people are embracing it. Before we went to air, Brian Marco Colombo over at J.P. Morgan was indicating that uh, his expectation now 65% probability that we'll have a recession in the U.S. So he is backing away from this notion of soft landing. Yeah, but, you know, most of those bears have been capitulating. He's still, he's still you know, sticking to his guns. Uh, so it'll be interesting to watch that one as, uh, as we move forward. All right, now it's time for Global News. The central part of the U.S. eastern seaboard is getting some very, very heavy weather. Ed Baxter with Global News from the San Francisco 960 Newsroom. Ed? Yeah, you're very, very, is very, very right, Brian. Uh, the Washington, D.C. area is very under a severe storm watch for 
This is on a scale of five, four out of five for the first time in about a decade. Meteorologists say severe thunderstorms and elements are in place for a damaging tornado as well. Federal offices have been closed now for the afternoon. Power outages are likely. The tornado watch is in effect until at least nine, so another almost three hours. FAA says it'll likely have to pause departures out of East Coast airports because of the weather. It says it's rerouting aircraft around them as best it can currently. So uh, look at schedules if you're going to travel out of the East Coast. Federal judge presiding over the prosecution of Donald Trump and the election interference indictment should at this point be going through arguments as to whether Mr. Trump's team should be given all evidence to use against him and whether to limit Trump's ability to post things that could be interpreted as trial interference, potentially threats to witnesses or disclosure of evidence. But the question is whether Trump will dial the rhetoric back, even if that order comes down. And Bloomberg's Laura Davidson on Balance of Power says he has a couple of very big weeks coming up politically. There's the Iowa State Fair and very public yeah. in front of voters. There's uh, the debate coming up still unclear They're clear whether he'll be on the stage with his uh, fellow Republican primary challengers um, on that. But he is really kind of journeying up this uh, uh, messaging tornado that's all moving and sweeping and mm-hmm. in some cases just wiping out the competition who is either too scared to take him on or you know doesn't have enough attention to, to really fight back against Trump. Now what the arguments that were submitted to the court say is that, well, they basically lean into what Trump has been saying publicly that any restrictions step on his First Amendment and freedom of speech rights, as well as a weaponized Justice Department. They also propose a change of venue to West Virginia. As well, a federal presiding judge looking at a request from the judge in the Florida classified documents case to look at whether the special prosecutor used grand juries in both Florida and Washington to build a case. China is saying Foreign Minister Wang Yi reiterated an appeal for peace talks and political solutions for the Ukraine war in his conversation with Russia's Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. This follows Ukraine's pitching its 10-point peace formula to more than uh, 40 countries. China is asking for a ceasefire. U.S has paused certain types of assistance to the government of Niger as the uh, military coup in the country continues. State Department spokesman Matthew Miller. They are development assistance, security assistance, law law enforcement assistance, and other programs that aid the government of Niger. Now, Miller says there are some American citizens in Niger that he says the U.S. will help get them on flights out for other foreign governments if they want to leave. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. 
This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis here in Hong Kong, and Rashad Salamat is with us. He's in London. Christina Hooper joins us, Chief Global Market Strategist at Invesco. On with us from Greenwich. So, Christina, we've had this debate between soft landing and hard landing, and it seems like the market has shifted to soft landing as the more likely outcome. I wonder now, is that debate still valid, or is the debate now shifting to soft landing versus reacceleration in the economy? Well, I have to state up front, Brian, that I've been in the same camp all along, which is bumpy landing. I don't see how we land this plane without some damage, just given how aggressive this rate hike cycle has been, and also given the lagged effects of monetary policy. So I think the debate should be about what kind of landing we are going to see, because I think we are going to see uh, some damage. We certainly can't rule that out. Uh, Christina, though surely, you know, the lagged effects, we should be seeing more effect from it. The medicine, etc., should be working in a tangible way. And it is in some senses, but certainly, you know, this gives more grist to the mill for the Fed to do more. Well, it doesn't give uh, the Fed an argument for the Fed to do more if there's recognition that generally it takes some significant time for uh, those effects to show up in the real economy after policy is implemented. While it seems like it's been a very long time because it's been so aggressive, we only saw rate hikes start in March of last year. And usually the rule of thumb is 12 to 18 months before it shows up in the economy. So arguably we haven't seen a lot of the effects yet. That's why we need to be uh, ultra cautious. Another debate was, should we stick with uh, the seven biggest and strongest companies in the S&P 500 or uh, rebalance a little bit, rotate into some of the uh, cyclical companies? Now we've seen that. I don't think that debate is really uh, valid so much now. We've seen a lot of money flow into industrials and small and medium-sized companies in that. But does that continue? Uh, I think it does. I mean, certainly we're likely to see some level of digestion in coming months. It makes sense. We've had a strong rally, um, and we also have some headwinds. Uh, We have uncertainty about when the Fed is going to start cutting rates, and I think the market might be a bit too optimistic about that. So getting that repriced in, I think, could cause uh, some hiccups as well. Um, But in general, I I think we are going to get to a point later this year where markets start to discount an economic recovery. And that's when we're likely to see smaller caps, cyclicals perform better. And and that's going to be a, a you know a wonderful time. We just have to get through probably some some um, uh, choppy few months. So Christina, I'm sorry, Rich, but I just want to follow that up. I mean, you know, with your with your theory of bumpy uh, bumpy landing, uh, do you feel concerned or worried that you might fall behind here? Oh, well, you know, what I think we're going to see is a bumpy landing, but a relatively brief landing. And markets tend to look out 6, 9, 12 months. So I don't think it's going to be a, a particularly long period. Uh, and I don't think that we're going to see an enormous amount of damage. The most important thing we have going for this economy is the strength of the U.S consumer. All we have to do is look at this earnings season. Um, some of, of the best positive surprises have 
come from consumer discretionary for a reason, because the consumer is so strong, and that has a lot to do with the labor market. Uh, so, so I think that that is going to provide um, a nice cushion uh, to help uh, soften uh, this landing. So, I mean, uh, where do you look then? I mean, if you have a uh, few doubts about what's going to happen with U.S. markets, and, you know, we've seen the correlation, actually, as bonds have gone down, so of equities, uh, of late anyway. Um, so do you look elsewhere? And if you're of the volition that we have a weaker dollar do you, uh, in the future, do you lock in the strong dollar and look abroad? <laughs> yes you do want to look abroad. This is a very attractive time, uh, especially for uh, Asia EM equities. I, I certainly think China equity can get a, a, a nice boost from some policy stimulus. I could be more short-term in nature, but I also think there's a really compelling story for other Asia EM uh, equity markets going forward. Um, we have demographics um, that are very much in their favor. Um, I'd love to be a wedding planner in India because there are so many weddings <laughs> happening. And you just have this growing middle class um, that is able to spend more. And, and so it's, it's a very positive story, but it's a longer term story. I'm thinking you may have caught that matchmaker show in India. That was a good one on Netflix. <laughs> um, listen, just briefly then, it seems like what you're saying here is diversification, diversification, diversification. Absolutely. Um, that is critical because we could very well see some rapid shifts in um, what's in favor and what's not in favor as markets discount what's going to happen. Um, but for the long run, diversification is critical. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.